welcome back to another edition of the Less Stressed Life, where we teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about adrenal fatigue so that they can get their health back quickly. And I'm really excited with our next guest, Becky Rue. She has been a client, patient of mine, a friend of mine, and we've also done work together. She's quite active on social media. She's had her own health journey um, as it relates to uh, thyroid issues and GI issues and insomnia issues. And I really wanted to interview Becky because she's one of these people that goes down those rabbit holes and continues to look and bring up new things and really helps um, not just herself get an idea of what's impacting her and what she needs to do to get better, but she helps a lot of people online as well. So um, Becky, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. I um yeah. So what? So, like, oh, so why don't you just you know tell what, it? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. I was just gonna say, you know, having these chronic illnesses sucks, and you have to look at the silver lining, which is that maybe you can help somebody else, and maybe you can help them get from point A to point B faster than you did. You know, so that's always the hope that somebody doesn't have to endure quite the, the drama that you did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but with that being said, it's been a long journey for you, right? So yeah, why, why don't you kind of take us through the genesis of what you were initially dealing with that, you know, that started your, your search for better health. Um, so my symptoms became really obvious to me um, after I had two babies. Um, so when I was, um, uh, when my second baby was a year old, I started to have a lot of weird symptoms. Um, and it seemed to me to be hormonal in nature because of the timing of everything. That's, uh, the, you know, the path I was chasing at that time, you know, clearly this is hormonal, let's fix the hormones and everything will be great. We'll be back to normal. Um, but you know, as you go down this chronic illness path, you can kind of look back on your, um, prior life and realize maybe I didn't really feel super great before that, you know, maybe there were some signs of things that were starting to, you know, go wrong. Um, so I worked with you at that time and, um, you know, we were, we were working on adrenal issues and, uh, you had me run my DNA and that was probably the most cost effective and efficient thing that I did to customize my, my recovery. Um, it's just gives you so many, so much insight as to why your body is doing what it's doing. And one of the main things that I found out at that time, um, and your, the program that you're doing now is so much more comprehensive, but we found a lot of stuff. And what I found was, you know, I don't process certain amino acids normally and that I have a histamine issue. So, um, you know, a lot of people have allergies, um, and those can present in all sort of different ways. You know, looking back on my past life, uh, I can recall a time I used to get these insane hives after exercise 
And I had to go to the hospital a couple of times from having these major hive breakouts, which is kind of weird, you know, but it was isolated and you just kind of, kind of look past it, but you put these, these pieces together, you know, as time goes on. Um, so I focused on a low histamine diet as one of my main recovery tools. And I found that that was really like the crux of, you know, what would keep me even keeled. Um, I was having a lot of insomnia as my most distressing symptom, um, digestive issues. And I found that the low histamine diet was effective kind of across the board. So that I did that for a while. And, um, one of the things you hope that when you're doing these things that you will recover and you won't have to do it anymore. So the low histamine diet, like you can't have, you know, tomatoes. Um, I love tomatoes in my past life, you know, tomatoes, citrus, um, what else? Like things like avocados, you know, it's just like, a um, apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is like the healthiest thing anybody could have. It's so great for your blood sugar, you know, blah, 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 your digestion. Um, it's super high in histamine. So you have to modify your diet contrary to a lot of other healthy food plans. And you hope that you don't have to do that in the long term. So um, I would fall off of this low histamine diet and go through periods of feeling not so great, kind of thinking like, maybe I should do that again, you know, going back and forth. Um, you know, I'm a human being, so I have, you know, I like chocolate and ice cream. And um, so, you know, I'll go through periods of time like that. I was covered so well that I became a fitness competitor for a little while. That is, that requires a rigorous training schedule. I was lifting weights a lot. I was doing cardio every day. Um, it was, it's very intense on your body. So, um, but one of the positive things that came out of it is your diet is extra super clean. So I was able to really see even more so what kinds of foods were bothering me at that point. Um, so going down this path, I did the histamine diet, recovered, became a fitness competitor. Um, because as you start to put these pieces of your puzzle together and you look at your hormones, you can see, oh, I have large amounts of histamine. And I also react to something called glutamate and I don't process dopamine very well. So all of these things contribute to make some people, including myself, a high energy individual. It's great for business and work and getting things done and going to the gym. It's not great for being calm and getting good sleep and, you know, feeling rested. So um, if you're a high energy individual, uh, rest assured that your DNA test will show why. Um, it will show the specific, you know, neurotransmitters or amino acids 
or foods that might be causing you to have that sort of persona. Um, maybe part of it's working well for you and maybe it's not. Uh, so I proceeded on this um, fitness competitor path and parts of it were good and helpful. The very clean diet was helpful. Uh, but obviously the intense training is not the best for somebody with a sensitive body. Um, and now I know more just how sensitive my body is. If I had known at that time, I probably wouldn't have gone down that path, but, um, you know, Dr. Joel, like your DNA program is so much more comprehensive now. And even 23 and me, but they keep putting out more reports all the time. So I've just learned much more about my body and things that I should do and shouldn't. So, uh, uh, the intense training probably led me to have a flare of a thyroid issue. Um, so I had another, so my first crash was in, um, 2015. I recovered pretty well. And then I had this next crash in, um, the summer of 2018. That's when I had been competing for about a year. My body just had it. Um, I was also trying a few too many weight loss tricks. Um, some of, uh, there's many uh, athletes and fitness competitors, they can handle um, fat burners. So fat burners are, you know, a combination of, herbs and whatever that can help your body burn more fat. Um, they, they have different functions. Um, and I now know that I probably reacted to a lot of them and it, and it sent me into this crash. Um, my thyroid started swelling, very upsetting. If that's ever to you, I feel you. Um, so I go to the doctor and we, and I say, I have a thyroid issue. I need to go on medication. Um, this wasn't the first time my thyroid levels had fallen like that. Back in 2015, I had very low T3. Um, T3 is the active thyroid hormone. And I asked for medication at that time and I was refused. So I just had to suck it up and recover, which I did. Uh, so in 2018, I had had it with mainstream medicine that had refused me the thyroid medicine in 2015. So I paid out of pocket, went to, um, you know, a, a different endocrinologist. And if you pay out of pocket, the doctor will do more of what you want them to do. So I was prescribed thyroid medicine at that time in 2018. Um, felt better in some regards, um, probably continued to push myself much too hard in the gym for a while. Um, you know, I dealt with, with the thyroid thing for a while and it was okay. Um, I continued to try the whole gamut of nutrition plans and diets to find what would make my body, what would recover me, right? There's so many nutrition plans out there, keto, vegan, 
low carb, high protein, you know, you figure I just haven't found it yet. There's, you know, there's one that's going to work great for me. So I've literally done everything and my digestion still sucked and my sleep still sucked and, um, it didn't heal my thyroid. And, uh, finally in, um, 2019, I was more burnt out. I had to stop lifting weights and I decided to do yoga. So I started doing yoga at the end of 2019 and it is transformative for anybody that has started down a yoga path and got really into it. They'll, you know, they'll say the same thing. It's very healing. Um, you know, you can't really put your finger on it. It's, it's not so much the meditation. Meditation is amazing. But the thing I love about yoga is you can think that meditation is a crock of BS and it will still work for you because the stretching that you do, it improves your nervous system so much that the, um, the physiological and the mental changes, they still happen for you. Even if you hate meditation, you don't know how to do it, anything. Um, so yoga healed me in a lot of ways and I start to feel so much better. Um, my digestion was better. My sleep was better. My mood was better. My just outlook on things was better. Um, I felt healed, you know, for a little while. Um, and then right after that happened, uh, we all got stuck in lockdown and I think, a lot of people with ongoing chronic illness will agree that the lockdown just, you know, kind of sent some of their symptoms spiraling out of control. You are, you know, just everything changed so much. I was previously going to hot yoga every day, detoxing on a regular basis. You know, we we're spending more time outside. Then all of a sudden we have the government <laughs> telling us, stay inside. You know, um, you know, we're just withdrawn from our social circles that has, you know, a mental effect, which then has a physical effect. Um, so I definitely experienced another crash over the lockdown. Um, my digestion was terrible. I had my gallbladder removed in October of 2020. Um, so it's been like that. It's been a roller coaster of a crash, you know, sometimes a very drastic recovery where I feel not even normal, but superhuman, superhuman where I can, you know, be a fitness competitor or go to hot, intense yoga every day. Um, and you know, then it spirals back down. And I finally got so sick of that, that, um, I already knew the power of, you know, analyzing your DNA and I reached back out to you and I was like, you have to help me figure something out because I'm tired of this roller coaster and I need to figure out what's happening here and what I can do. Um, and you know, your 
program was, is, you know, top notch, like in terms of looking at those different pathways, just knew that mine were a hot mess. Um, at that time, by this time I had learned that I have something called G6 PD. So in the summer of 2020, when I was having these major gallbladder issues, uh, 23andMe put out a new report. They have these, um, you know, their programs sucks in some ways, but they do have these amazing carrier reports. They put out reports for, to see whether you're a carrier or whether would you have a like serious medically recognized illnesses. Um, such as celiac disease, which I have, uh, hemochromatosis, which is, um, it messes with how you absorb iron. Um, so G6PD is one that all of a sudden it showed up there in my reports in the summer of 2020, because, you know, the science of genetics is, is just advancing so rapidly, which is great it's great for people with chronic illnesses that are not recovering any other way. So I didn't place any significance on this G6 PD thing um, until I went to uh, one of those spas where they give you vitamin injections and I'm filling out the form and there's only two questions on there. And one of them is like, you know, do you have like MS? And the other one is, do you have G6 PD? And I was like, Oh shoot. This is a thing. This is like a serious thing. They're asking me about this. It's like one of the only things they're asking me. Um, and I'm such a nerd. I, I would like to know exactly what my body is doing because I'm sick of the roller coaster. So I started looking into the G6 PD and I found that there were certain things that would help my body work better. And I started doing them and it helped a lot. So um, it helps things help. Um, but what I have come to the conclusion is you cannot consider yourself recovered in that you can abandon these techniques and go out and have pizza and gluten and beer and stay out all night. If you want to live a, a, good life with these challenges, you have to get these protocols in place, get them working, you know, sometimes really detox yourself from whatever it is that occurred before and, you know, stay on them. I don't think I'll be getting, you know, abandoning the low histamine diet again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, Beck, you said a lot of really important things. And this is a great podcast for, I, I think the title would be something along the lines of the path of chronic illness, you know, especially for the sophisticated, uh, want to know the answers, health, fitness enthusiast. And, yeah. and a couple of things that you mentioned in there in terms of reoccurring crashes, um, you also mentioned um, looking for almost that what we're trained in healthcare uh, or conditioned in the allopathic approach is the fix, the, the one-time fix. Yes. And I've always said, and, and you've probably heard this too, is health is a verb, right? And it, it's, it's always something, it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's something that you're always working towards. 
um, it, it's come so far in terms of when we first did work together and the DNA wasn't as expansive. Um, it's come so far from, okay, let's go gluten-free. Let's do the autoimmune diet. Let's, you know, let's heal the gut. Um, because there's just so many other variables in there. There's stress, there is genetic components, there's the environment. Um, th there's so many things that you have to understand your specific nuances. The other really important thing you said, and I just got this the other day, Becky, from a client of mine, a prospective client that told me that they've talked to three pretty high level doctors and they said that the genetic test is, is, not, is not anything. It's not really important. And it's really frustrating for me to hear that because I know, and you know how important it is. It's like a blueprint and it's like, look here, especially if you become a doctor and you ask the patient about their health history, their specific, how it's showing up, what other environmental factors do they have? So that when you put that blueprint down, you overlap those perfect storms of where you are inherently already weak um, with how it's showing up and what the other environmental things are. I told this patient, I said, you know, that's really, it makes me mad because if I didn't know something that could be helpful, I would be honest and say, you know, I don't know, but I don't want to necessarily commit a, you know, an era of commission in terms of, hey, like you shouldn't do that. It's not going to be helpful. It's, it's egotistical to me. I, I would rather just say, hey, look, like I don't really know about that, but I know that a lot of people could probably get help from that. And it's just not my area. But yeah. what you said was really ringing true in terms of it was the most value for the, any testing that you've done, because it can give you so much insight. Um, and, and so and what it, I doesn't, ask, it doesn't change, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't change. Right. That's a, that's set in stone. Like you, you, that's your genetics. Um, what does change is maybe things are getting turned on and turned off um, or environmental inhibitors are, are making things more likely to be expressed or you're missing cofactors um, that could help that specific enzyme that even doesn't look like it's a problem. It is a problem. Um, but so what I want to do is some of your clinical pearls that you've learned because yoga was certainly a big one for you. Um, I, I think a lot of people will resonate with, and I work with a lot of them too, and you see them on your socials that either they're trainers or they're, or they're um, you know, in the, in the, in the fitness world and they have just put too much um, time into to that and, and depleting their body and, and the impact that that has, especially with some inheritable genetic weaknesses. Um, so with that being said, um, what would you say in terms of now that when we work together again and we reopen the genetic test and I like, you know, said to you, like, full disclosure, Becky, I have so much more information than we've ever had. Like, with anyone that I've done work with six months ago or later, let alone two or three years, I want their raw data so that I can give them some more insight. So you mentioned G6PD, which is a very complicated thing. Um, but you also know about now all the other ways that histamine is being released, right? Because it was more of a low histamine diet but now we've told you, and you probably already know, but now you've related the iron metabolism issues. Um, you've looked at sulfite contributions to that. Um, obviously histamines are released from stressors and the environment and your immune system. 
So what are some of the new ahas that you've had that um, you have now added, I would say to your toolkit, because that's what it is, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's the Zen and the art of knowing how to manage the information that you get, right? Like when to pulse, when to not pulse, when to use this, when to back off. But what are some of the newer tools or some of the new uh, ahas that you've had now? Um, so it's, it's funny, um, because, you know, you, you referenced the genetic blueprint and uh, it's so important because it keeps you from using things that are potentially harmful to you. Like, as I said before, when you're histamine intolerant, you have to avoid things like apple cider vinegar. Um, you know, you can pull up any other diet and it says, you know, drink a cup of apple cider vinegar every morning. That's going to cause a lot of issues for somebody that has allergies. Um, so, you know, I've had the opportunity to, um, for good and for bad to use myself as an experiment. Um, my parents are hippies from the seventies and they had me taking vitamins when I was a little kid. So I'm no stranger to supplements. And, uh, you know, when all of this started happening for me, I just started researching, researching it. You know, what can I do? There has to be a way to fix this because in my past life, I was okay. I was pretty good. You know, I, I will take that over some of the symptoms I've had since then. So, um, you know, I, I got so much information from you. Um, I got involved in the bodybuilding world. I, um, I got some different certifications like personal trainer. Um, I had the opportunity to learn from a lot of people in the natural health world. And I've just learned so many things and I would say one of the big things that I've taken away from everything is that you, your gut health is one of the major determining factors of how your genetics are going to play out. Um, and I can see, you know, as I said, you start to look back at your life and you put the pieces together. Oh, well, this happened when I did this and then this happened and I was good here, but then I crashed. And I can equate a lot of my crashes with antibiotic use. So um, when you take antibiotics, it wipes out not only the infection, but it also clears your gut completely of all bacteria. And um, you, you know, we have just zillions of bacteria in our gut and a lot of them are very helpful. Um, when they take mice and they clear out their bacteria in their digestive tract, they will like die. <laughs> They'll die. Um, so that's like, tells you what it will do to you. Um, so your gut health will determine what's going to happen. Um, a lot of things that I've been dealing with are, um, you just mentioned that sometimes your symptoms will flare because you're missing cofactors. Well, that could happen because of malnutrition, which could be a side effect of 
you are predisposed to celiac disease, right? So there's your gut being the major determining factor as to you, you becoming, you know, malnutritioned, then you don't have the cofactors. Now your genes are going haywire on you. Um, the gut health plays huge into the histamine issue. And something that I've been working on lately is, um, and I, I had the opportunity to do this a few years back is, um, you know, when I tried the low histamine diet, I also learned that there's certain bacteria that help your body degrade histamine. So you could either take a Zyrtec or you could take a probiotic and populate your gut with these bugs that will do that for you. And that's going to be a more long lasting fix because unless you take an antibiotic, those bugs are going to stay there and they're going to be your natural antihistamine. So um, that's what I've been working on a lot lately. And it produced a lot, a lot of results for me in a short amount of time. Um, when I got your latest report, it has a long list of things that I can do. You know, it says you have these genetic things and these are some things that you can do for it. But when you look at the first page of your report, it says, if you're, I don't remember the exact wording, but if your gut is not working, none of these other things are going to work. So if you, you know, chronic illness is a tedious and expensive endeavor. So I want the biggest bang for my buck. And that is, you know, if none of the other fixes are going to work until you heal your gut, then heal your gut, right? You're not going to absorb any nutrients until you heal your gut lining. Um, you're not going to recover from infections if you're your bad bacteria are populating the good bacteria. So I've been working on creating an antihistamine gut and it's working really well. Uh, I stopped reacting to foods. I, my nose wasn't stuffy anymore. Um, I even stopped reacting to my cat <laughs> so much. Um, your sleep will improve once you get the histamine under control. Um, so working on fixing your gut to be more histamine proof is a nice thing you can do that has a long lasting effect and doesn't require you to eat a boring diet. You know, it can even broaden the range of foods that you're able to have. So some of the ways that I'm doing that, um, there's certain bacteria that will help you do that. And you can buy them in, you know, over the counter, not over the counter probiotics, the probiotics you want for histamine intolerance are, you have to order them online. The work, I think I read this online. The worst thing you can do for histamine intolerance is to buy a probiotic off of the shelf at CVS or wherever. They're all garbage. They're all going to, um, cause more symptoms for you. With the exception of one, there's a probiotic called Culturel. You can get that anywhere. Uh, CVS, you know, anywhere, Walgreens. Culturel, that's one of the good strains. Um, I've been using some other bifidobacteria. That's very helpful. It's been a very specific process. Um, 
and I've been using a lot of butyrate, which is, I know is one of your favorite remedies, you know, for the gut. I, I know, especially when, when you're using antibiotics, um, that you've said that it's very helpful then, but it's also can be helpful. You know, you can have genetic issues that predispose you to gut issues. And then you need those special supplements like butyrate. Um, there's, you know, there's just a lot of really cool advances, you know, um, and on the note, fixing the gut, um, it's so funny because you, you said that, you know, your patients have been to other doctors and I know that by the time your patients get to you, they could have been to like eight doctors, you know, they're going through the, the circus and not getting anywhere. And they come to you and they're on like five prescriptions <laughs> and none of them are helping. Um, but it's funny. I have talked to so many doctors that told me that um, if I wasn't celiac, then I should be eating gluten. And, uh, you know, gastrointestinal doctors, um, you know, naturopathic doctors, gut health specialists, you know, they'll tell you gluten is wonderful for you as long as you're not celiac. Well, what I found for myself is that um, celiac is the term for when your gut is so um, ulcerative, I guess is the word. Your gut is just so deranged that they do a colonoscopy and they say, yes, you're celiac. The only remedy for that is a gluten-free diet. So I go to all these gut health specialists and I'm like, well, my digestion sucks. And they're like, well, we should do a colonoscopy. And we should also test your blood for celiac, but you have to eat gluten for two weeks before that. And I'm like, there's not a chance in hell that I'm doing that. Uh, those are going to be the worst two weeks of my life. Um, and you can find very good information, um, you know, from doctors such as yourself and elsewhere that the standard for diagnosing celiac should be the genetic test that tells you you are gluten intolerant. Don't eat gluten. Should you continue to eat gluten, your stomach lining will become so ulcerative that you will have a colonoscopy and they will diagnose you as celiac. So the line between gluten intolerance and celiac is just that you ate so much gluten, you destroyed your gut. So I had to make the choice for myself that I didn't want to do that. Um, and I've had to look a lot of doctors in the face and say, I'm not having a colonoscopy. I'm not going to eat gluten for two weeks so you can test my blood. I'm pretty sure from my genetic test that says you have cel you could get celiac disease. You know, I've had to make a lot of these decisions for myself to be my own advocate. And that sucks a lot of the time. It sucks that, you know you could pay a doctor and go to them and think that they have your best interest in mind and they want you to do something potentially damaging gluten for two weeks, which, you know, could cause you five months of discomfort. Um, so not eating gluten, being very meticulous about that, 
not even a little bit of gluten. Um, learning about, you know, how other greens contain gluten. Um, learning about how you can create a histamine proof gut. Um, my son's coming out here. Um, learning about how the bacteria, the right bacteria can help other things such as your liver and your gallbladder and your bladder and your ovaries and it, you know, your esophagus and your, you know, just everything. Um, I think, um, on my own social media, sometimes I'll talk about gut bacteria and I feel like it probably weirds a lot of people out <laughs> because, you know, we're such a germ phobic society and, you know, with vaccinations and antibiotics. And when you talk about bacteria, most people probably perceive it in a negative light, unless you've had to go down this rabbit hole of like probiotics and how do I fix my gut and everything. Um, but again, I would say that that's probably the thing that has made the most dramatic results for me. And I've had the chance to see it several times, um, you know, after every single one of my crashes, uh, it's had like a digestive component and I've had to focus really hard on the elimination diet and using the right probiotics. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, it can make such a huge difference in a short amount of time. Um, so that's just like the most easily digestible, no pun intended, thing that somebody could do with a wide range, with a wide, you know, variety of symptoms, histamine intolerant, you know, gluten intolerant, celiac disease, um, you know, seasonal allergies like my mom has seasonal allergies and I keep telling her well you could take this probiotic and it will help you you know if we fix the the uh reactivity of your gut your seasonal allergies will decrease and that just doesn't make a lot of sense you know to a lot of people but that's you know that's how it works um <laughs> Why is that stop me? In the kitchen. We're in the kitchen. Go ahead. Um, so some of the other things I've been working on um, is the thyroid, of course. And that's such a huge issue, especially for women and especially after having children. It's just, it's just widely known and accepted that pregnancy will cause thyroid issues. Um, and, you know, it has a hormonal component. Um, and so that's something that I've been dealing with. Um, in the kitchen. Go ahead, Sadie. Um, so as I've been dealing with my thyroid, 
something that was so interesting to me is that a lot of times I wasn't able to tolerate the medication. Um, and that's, you know, that's not a rare occurrence. There's a lot of different types of thyroid medications. They have different combinations of hormones. Some of them are synthetic. Some of them are, um, natural desiccated, meaning they're from like a pig or something. And, um, so I wasn't able to tolerate them all of the time. You know, I'd feel really great during the day, but then it would really mess up my sleep at night. And you just have this doctor looking at you like, well, why can't you take the medication? And I'm like, I don't know. It's, you know, it makes me feel really weird. You know, for me, I found that that has a, a few factors. One is when you're committed to healing your body because you don't want to go on the cycle of mainstream medicine, getting put on tons of medications at age 40 um, and still feeling like crap. When you're committed to healing your body, um, your thyroid will occasionally heal itself or recover slightly so that your medication needs decrease. So that's something that I've had to watch, which is as my gut health improves, other things improve, and that includes my thyroid. Um, So that has been difficult to do working with mainstream medicine doctors. And for the most part, I've gotten the best thyroid care, um, you know, getting uh, a doctor that I paid out of pocket because they'll let you adjust your medication as needed, according to your symptoms, rather than just according to your blood work. So that's another expensive, somewhat unfortunate outcome of trying to take really good care of your body, that your thyroid kind of recovers and, you know, you have to modify your medication a little bit. Um, the other thing I found out as, uh, something I found out on our, on the latest genetic report that you did for me is that, um, I have something called Gilbert syndrome. And I think that's probably like a widely recognized term that, you know, even people that haven't run their DNA may know that they have that. So that's just, um, mainstream medicine's way of saying that you're not you don't process medications well. Um, Well, other thing that you don't process well, if you have Gilbert syndrome could be thyroid hormones. So now it becomes, you know, it can become overwhelming and it's, it's indeed like you're looking at a, your genetics are a blueprint because now you're looking at well, if I heal the histamine and the celiac in my gut, then my thyroid might improve, but I'm not detoxing hormones and medications well. Um, so, it, you know, it's overwhelming for me at times. And I fully recognize that it's probably overwhelming for anybody dealing with these things. Once you start to go down these rabbit holes of how do I, recover. Um, so, you know, my heart really goes out to, to anybody dealing with it. Cause it's just so, 
um, you know, you want, you always want the doctor to give you like a convenient diagnosis and treatment. And, um, you know, that's just not the path that I took for my, that I want for myself. And I know it's not the path that a lot of people want for themselves, because what you find is that medication that they'll give you for the convenient diagnosis doesn't alleviate all of your issues, you know, um, I've had the opportunity to experiment, experiment with such a wide variety of, you know, diet approaches, supplement approaches, different exercise approaches that, um, I mean, I'm definitely very much my own science experiment at this point. Sometimes, you know, I'll take it too far. Um, so I try not to do that anymore. Um, but, you know, then you can start to look back and put together those pieces of, wow, I had these periods of time when I, things were really going well and I recovered. What was I doing then? Um, so I would say one of the other main things that I've started doing to track that is keeping a journal. Sometimes it's really tedious, but um, keeping a journal of, you know, today I took these supplements and I had these foods and, uh, you know, these other things happened and I felt this way. So once you start to notice some trends, that's, you know, that's your body telling you this is working for me you know, keep, keep doing those things. So you can keep doing those particular things and let the other things go regardless of, you know, what medicine says should or should not work for you. Um, so yeah, I would say healing my gut and keeping a food journal has been, you know, very transformative in a, in a short amount of time. Um, Now, I mean, I would put in there a couple other things. I mean, that was a, a, a great answer. Lots of tools, clinical pearls in there that I want to kind of re-summarize. Re um, but the other thing I would put in there, Becky, is just your, your desire um, to, to get better and to continue to learn your body and not accept that it's just, it's, it, it, you know, a lot of doctors will say, there's nothing we can do. You just got to accept it and maybe get put on an antidepressant or, you know, so I would give you kudos for that. Um, and I think that also is that double-edged sword of, you mentioned you had some major, you, you have major genetic susceptibilities and you have the environmental perfect storm that creates them to express. But the flip side is having high glutamate um, and having high neurotransmitter function is is very helpful for that that <laughs> stubborn sort of wanting to figure it out and perfectionistic um there's a cinderella or goldilocks zone for all of that and that's the zen and the art of what we talked about of understanding your body and doing the journaling just to recapture again on the um on the doctor with the celiac yeah. um the thing to for to say on that is all celiacs are gluten reactive, but not all gluten reactives are celiac. Right. And that's a really 
really important saying because right. if you're not celiac, doesn't mean that you're not gluten reactive. It just means that the target tissue is the GI tract. Um, so that's really frustrating, especially too, to tell someone that if they are to go on it. I mean, I think there's research that shows, I know Karazian's doing research that shows that can create like a chemical cascade for six months or longer, just doing yeah. that. And that creates antibodies. And now you're turning on expression. It's just ridiculous for so many reasons. Let's just put it that way. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention with the ahas for you, just because I remember now, as we talked about your genetic test, don't ask me where my keys are, although I'm doing a better job with that, but I can remember your specific pathways in my brain. So, you know, I know another one was um, the fact that, okay, well, I'm very aware of histamine and I agree hundred percent with healing the gut, gut do not pass go until that's dealt with your low histamine foods support that will help clear that out. Like DAO enzyme, um, the specific yeah. bacterias, uh, short chain fatty acids, which are just really great for, uh, oh, yeah. modulating the immune system and, and decreasing the inflammatory response specific bifidos. I'll ask you a couple other questions in terms of um, other strains that you found to be helpful. It's, but the, what It's really nice. It's nice when you find things like the butyrate, the short chain fatty acids that have such a wide application to heal a lot of right. things. Like yeah. they'll heal the, like they'll heal the gut, but then they also, you know, there's like a laundry list of other things that they do. So yeah. it can feel overwhelming when you're like, Oh God, I got to take 40 supplements. But a lot of them, you know, you can look and see where they have a broad application and a lot of them one, do. For one or five for one, you know, like so many application colostrum is that way too. Yeah. Um, you know, but so back to that is one of your major things was iron absorption and iron, more importantly, iron metabolism. <laughs> and that's a whole other, we'll do another, we'll do a part two. Okay. We'll do a part two, but there's definitely that, you know, getting bad advice again, and saying, well, not only hey, let's get you take some gluten and test it for you um, to see if you're celiac or you know what, you're not celiac. So just go ahead and eat gluten or you know what, just take the more iron because, you know, you're deficient. And then as a result, that creates more free radicals, which ultimately puts more cars on your histamine highway. And here you are, you know, either being on point with your histamine diet and it doesn't matter or being off point with your histamine diet and it makes it even worse. So the, the iron is a major yeah. player to that, right? Um, we yeah, also it found caused, that it caused a major crash for me. You're right, right. And then, and then glutamate in and of itself, if you have inflammation, will not get cleared out whether or not you have genetic susceptibilities, um, but you don't want, I mean, you don't do this, but a lot of people would eat the MSG and the artificial sweeteners um, and on the natural flavors. That's going to create major challenges as well. Um, you also had the sulfite stuff. We'll save that for another, for another, I, we will do another podcast for sure. But those were things like really Becky, you do have some major perfect storms going on. Right. And, and one of the things that really kicks it off, I tell people for women that are listening to this, that are on that path of chronic illness, they're fitness enthusiasts, and then they have a family, they have children and it's never really the same. And if that's the case, it, it would make sense. The analogy I use is it's like you have a house and now you just, you know, put an addition to the house. And that's going to cost you a lot of finances to put another wing on your house. And if you're already depleted in finances, 
you don't bounce back from that very quickly because now you have to live and you have these expenses and you're never really cutting down the deficit. Um, but then you have another child. And, right. and when you don't manage that, it's called a miscarriage, right? So if you've had a miscarriage, um, it's because you don't have an equal proportion of supply and demand. You don't have enough bank money in the bank, physiological bank account, and a pregnancy will, will totally drain your battery. So two kids later, you know, you, you, you went through a, a healthy pregnancy, but it, it was draining to yourself to the point where now you've turned on these expressions. Um, and now you do have the perfect storm. So, um, lots of amazing insight on your part in terms of, um, understanding, like going back and cause I remember I mentioned to you with your HLA genes or your KIA enzymes, Hey, you know, this isn't even predictive of celiac or, or gluten reactivity, but celiac in general. And I would probably recommend Becky, because you have so many other on ramps to your histamine highway, um, to go gluten-free, not just gluten-free, but go grain free. And I think I saw a light bulb go above your head thinking like, oh yeah, I remember when I was paleo or carnivore, I did really well with that. So I think you just continue to layer information that you now have another piece of the puzzle to like, to feel better. And you'll say that, like, I'll get a text. Hey, like I did this and it was amazing. I felt really good. And then, you know, so there's a lot of wins in there. There's a lot of ahas in there just to go back. What were some of the histamine based, you know, from, uh, that you have to order that you can't get over the counter. What were the strains that you were recommending? Okay, so the, the major histamine reducing strain is bifido longum. Um, that's the one. Um, and, you know, if you start taking it, you, you shouldn't react to it at all. There will be no bloating, um, nothing. It's like, it should work really well for you. Um, and you can't find that one single strain by itself anywhere in the store. Um, so if, you know, if you're having like a major histamine crash, it's probably preferable to just start out with a single strain. So like the probiotics in the store, they'll say like, you know, 80 billion bacteria, 10 strains. That's like a worst thing you could take with histamine intolerance. Cause there's going to be like two or three strains in there that they produce histamine the worst. So it's good if you start slow, you know, you get this single strain bifido longum and you just start with that and make sure that you feel good. And like add in the butyrate because butyrate's pretty benign. Um, you know, we all have butyrate in our gut. We should have a lot of it. Um, if you don't have it, you have leaky gut. So that's a really benign one you can add in. Um, another thing that I've really liked is something called human milk oligosaccharides. So that's kind of along the lines of colostrum. So Colostrum is another really safe, benign thing that most people could take and they will just feel better and better. Colostrum is um, like, you know, breast milk. So if you were, you know, uh, thankfully I was breastfed at a as a child, but if I wasn't, like I can't even imagine what my health would be like now. Um, but being breastfed protects you from a lot of this stuff. It sets your gut up 
with natural prebiotics and probiotics and immune factors that protect, that protect you from a lot of this garbage. So, you know, me being breastfed as a child probably helped me for a long time until I then took antibiotics and, you know, wiped out the terrain. So some ways you can take your gut back to that like infancy stage is by using colostrum. You can get it um, at health food stores or online. Um, it's really, really great, really healing. Um, there's just so many really good studies about it. It's very good for athletes. Even, um, just the act of exercising briefly causes you to have a leaky gut doing like a crazy hit workout. You have a leaky gut for even like a few hours after that take, they've done studies taking colostrum cuts that by like 70%. So it's so effective for leaky gut. And they have something else now called human milk oligosaccharides um, or HMOs. It's a specific prebiotic that they've isolated as the prebiotic that human breast milk. So again, if your gut has become so leaky from living in this toxic world, taking antibiotics, eating gluten, your stressful job, you want to take your gut back to the infancy because it was perfect then, right? So we want to like take ourselves back to that. So these human milk oligosaccharides are a super cool prebiotic that they've come out with now. And I find it very, very effective. Um, you know, normally things like FODMAPs, FODMAP vegetables, things like um, cauliflower and broccoli, they normally cause me a lot of bloating. But after I take this um, prebiotic for a while, it really eliminates a lot of that. So I've seen it very effective for me. Um, it's totally tasteless. I'll give it to my kids. Um, you know, because now seeing how many crashes I've had, you look at, you start to look at your kids and you're like, I got to figure out how to prevent them from going through this, you know? So I work a lot on my kids' guts. <laughs> that came out wrong. I work a lot on my children's digestive health. So especially if they've gone through a period where they had to take an antibiotic, it's imperative to give them, you know, these same things afterward. A lot of times I'll hide it in like a smoothie. Um, you know, I'll dump like some colostrum in there, some prebiotics, some bifidolongum, culturel. You can get that anywhere. That one's really good for histamine. Um, and you know, it's a lot of it's tasteless. Um, a lot of kids are really hip to, you know, okay, I'm going to take my vitamins or my probiotics or whatever. Um, so, you know, what's good for me has been good for them as well. And I've seen positive changes with their behavior, with their sleep, with their digestion. Um, so yeah, it's controlling that, the, the histamine reactive gut, um, it, it allows me a lot of leeway with the other things to where I haven't, you know, a lot of the things on, on the, la the last report you gave me, um, I haven't even had to go down, you know, to step three, four, and five, you know, when you start at step one, heal the gut, it will take you so far that a lot of that other stuff is superfluous. 
Yeah, but you know, in in again, I guess your defense, um, you had a lot of other factors that were because you gut was already on your radar, and you were already. I, I guess it's always nice to have outside eyes to remind you yes. that you know what's on your radar doesn't necessarily mean it's being taken care of or considered right. in terms of all the things that are impacting it. And I think that's been so helpful for you. So um, the, Becky, as far as um, on the peroxy, media, the peroxy nitrite was a big gut health one. That's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That, well, that, I mean, there's again, a lot to do with the domino effect of histamines and then, you know, depleting your B vitamins and then not being able to quench free radicals and then the impact that has on neurotransmitters. It's just, it's amazing how, how the domino effect happens. And yeah, so as far as I know, like on social media, cause um, you have a, gr- a great following on Instagram, you, you share recipes and you show um, some of the things that work for you and for kiddos with their moms and their families. Um, so where do they, where do they find out more about what you do, Becky? Um, my Instagram, my handle is lift dot a little period like a mother. So when I, like when I was lifting, it's like lift like a mother, right? Um, it's like a play on words, but I do a lot of yoga now because I love it. And, um, so maybe I should change, change my handle eventually, but I probably won't. (laughs) Oh, it's good. (laughs) <laughs> to see you there for sure and i definitely want to have a follow-up uh one of this because we we there was a lot of things we didn't talk about um we wanted to talk a little bit more about g6pd um of course some yeah. of the you know when you went to the uh iv and you found out that you had um are you that was a thing they asked you the question about g6pd yeah. and you, you're like okay i gotta know more about this and then maybe being told something um, improper, like NAD would deplete your G6PD and how that may have cut your nose off to spite your face. There's a whole bunch of rabbit holes to go down with that as well. Um, I guess the last question I would ask you is for today's podcast. Um, what do you wish you would have known then that you know now, like the sage Becky would have told the bright eyed and bushy tailed Becky um, back then, because you were from a family that was holistic, you know, and it wasn't like you were doing major ruinous things. You were just part of the a normal, you know, growth thing. What would you tell you? What would you have told yourself back then? Well, when I had my first crash, I was the histamine, adrenaline, glutamate driven Becky that I am now. But, you know, I, I was I was working out a lot more than I should. Uh, my first crash, my first health crash was preceded by exactly one month of CrossFit. I purchased a Groupon for CrossFit and went for one month and totally body and it, you know, so, uh, if I could have, you know, when you go down this path, there's a lot, there's like supplements and there's foods you have to eat and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's kind of overwhelming. So now I would just love to never take another supplement again. But what I do now to minimize that is really use other things, yoga, 
get your butt outside in the sunshine for one hour every day. I use a ton of um, acupressure. I use acupressure all the time. I have an acupressure mat. I have an acupressure pillow. I do acupressure on myself all the time. Um, so I would, you know, I would not discount those non-supplement recovery methods. And, um, so if I, you know, if I could have looked back, I probably would have gotten 2015 Becky into yoga right away. Um, because it's very healing. Again, as I said, you don't have to believe in meditation just by, uh, strengthening your nervous system. You achieve all of that healing. Even if you think meditation is a bunch of garbage. Um, so, you know, if you're an athlete or you're like a hard charger, you know, like a warrior mindset and you find yourself in one of these adrenal crashes, you probably, you might think yoga is a bunch of fluff and I can't do it because it's so it's too easy for me. And people tell me that all the time, but, um, it's, you know, it's just one of the things that was really healing. So, you know, that getting to yoga, get yourself outside, you know, learn about things like, you know, acupressure and just things that all those things that really bring your nervous system back into harmony. Um, chiropractic is another one. That's another one that when I'm consistent with it, a lot of the other symptoms are really diminished. You know, it's just those, those, those practices that make your nervous system happier. Yeah, those, that's really good. I mean, and also just you've invited me over, although I haven't had time. You have a, yoga, a hot, a hot sauna as well. Yeah. And then I think we even talked about it in terms of how essential oils and diffusing can be really helpful for that as well. So lots of really yeah. great advice there. Um, I appreciate your time. Um, definitely, you can see the uh, evolution of a journey and it, it, it can be, I've seen it from outside and inside. And I see a lot of people that tell me it's so complicated and I just want the easy fix. I think the reoccurring theme is there is no easy fix. Um, I think that it's a verb. I think that you have to be your best advocate. You have to look into um, what makes you unique genetically and how environment overlaps that. I love the idea of meditation and mindfulness and breathing. Um, I also like the idea of the gut health and the histamine, um, the different strains to be able to do, and and then journaling and 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 looking at these connections and seeing you know Becky as a study of one, um, but also you know tweaking and coming up with changes. And I mean, I just wish you continued success and health with your with your body and fewer crashes. But you know the other thing is is that you continue to get back on the on the, on the bike, so to speak, and climb up the mountain when you do have a crash. And that's the resilience of wh why you continue to, you know, continue to heal. So thank you so much, Becky, for being here today. I appreciate all your time. And did he get what he wanted in the kitchen or what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, well, good. So um, I will look forward to part two. I'll keep you to yeah. that. We'll go down the G6PD, NAD, sulfite, 
glucuronidation acetylation pathways. And um, if you if you're thought this one was informative, our next one will be even more. So okay. um, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.